0: I know that a lot of people, especially the people from Florida know who you are, it's hard to find somebody that doesn't know who DJ Seals is, but uh, for those people listening that don't know, uh, <laughs> okay. tell us a little bit about you.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, DJ Seals, um, I'm a retired detective uh, for most of my career, a uh, crime analyst, and uh, then for also most of my career, I was a uh, SWAT operator. In a town just east of Metro Atlanta, where we're considered Metro Atlanta, we're on the east side there.
0: Right. Some investigative work as well, right? Murders. Mm-hmm.
1: A lot. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was actually most of my career. Uh, toward the end of me um, being a detective, uh, my my chief wanted to start an analysis division, and I, I dove into that for many years toward the end there. But yeah,
0: most of, most of my
1: time was spent being a detective, but I, frankly, I think that helped a lot when it came to analysis.
0: so how was that transition between, you know, you're a law enforcement guy, but now you're kind of behind a computer most of the time?
1: Well, it was, it, it was, it was interesting. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you the story real quick. I'll make it brief. Um, I'm literally sitting at my detective's de- uh, desk in the bullpen with everybody else and, chief walks in one day with uh, a couple of magazines that uh, law enforcement magazines that talked about Intel and uh, he put them on my desk and I very quickly slid them back to him and said, I think you'll be real good at this, you know? And he he laughed and slid them back to me. He said, no, that's you now. He says, uh, basically just figure it out. Um, And it, it began that quickly. I mean, it was the very next day. I was starting, um, but because I had so many uh, cases still still working, I, I found myself setting up an analysis division while I was uh, still working cases. As a matter of fact, I kept the, the title of detective throughout the rest of my career because I was called in a lot to do uh, detective work alongside that, kind of maybe an interesting way to build it. Uh, the Division, because I was thinking of it as uh, as a detective you know if if i right. 'm going to be creating analysis, how can I help detectives and patrol and command staff in a holistic nature of the department, not just spitting out numbers right
0: right so they come to you and it sounds to me like there is there's not a crime analyst uh unit per that's say. right so you have to start this from from the ground up
1: yeah yeah there wasn't actually an analysis unit anywhere in the east side of atlanta at that time at all uh closest you'd have was uh i mean metro atlanta had had a unit obviously um and i had worked a bit with you know Haida, uh high intensity drug traffic area if, right some of your listeners don't know what that is and the Marshall service and DEA doing, I wasn't really doing the analysis, but I was helping with some people searching and just get kind of getting an idea of it without realizing later on, I would need a much broader idea of it. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of in my lap to build it from the ground up, uh, first of its kind in that area. And it was, um, it was kind of it was pretty daunting really uh once I got into understanding what it was and you know I speak to a lot of analysts who are in the same situation I was in just spoke to a couple last week who were given that um, did not come from a law enforcement background came from records or uh you know a university background um, and they're they built this and You don't know what you don't know. And I I found out very quickly as I was diving into this that it was a lot more than even even I thought when he slid those two magazines toward me. You know, Uh, there's there's a lot more to it if you're going to do it uh, what I like to call the right way.
0: Right. So how, how did you figure out what you didn't know?
1: Yeah, well, the first thing I did, of course, first thing I did was read those two articles. Um, frankly, they weren't really helpful.
0: <laughs> it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Right.
1: Um, first thing I did was I was I dug into education. How do I become educated as a crime analyst? I mean, I've I've got twenty five, twenty six hundred uh, training hours and certifications in law enforcement, so I was not afraid of certification and training. Right. Uh, but I had to search for that. And the first thing I found was it wasn't easy to find. Um, even in Georgia, Georgia Post Training Center had a, a some classes on it, but they didn't have anything they called a certification. Right. Um, and so I searched and searched and searched and, and found uh, the group that uh, was actually teaching some of those classes, the whole certification class over time at Georgia Post. I just had to sign up for that and take a class here, a class there, wait for it. Uh, A lot of online, a lot of research, Um, and while I was, you know, waiting to be fully certified class to class, I went into um, our CAD, our RMS, our Detectives Records, uh, you know, what are we doing from what I've learned that maybe we could do better? You know, um, a lot of starting a division is, is you, you've got to be bold. Uh, not, not insulting, right. uh, but bold enough to say, you know, we could probably do this better. Um, you know, the first thing you learn is that the, probably the, it's a double-edged sword when it comes to CAD and RMS the um probably the best way to extract data is from a cat or RMS that has all the little the little drop downs and and, and, and check boxes that an officer will fill out, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's easy because then the system can pull from it. Sure. The the bad part about that is I have found, and again, I'll throw a lot of opinion out here, Oscar, is that it it loses the officer's feeling of the narrative. I'm a big one in officer report. You learn a lot more right. uh, from the report than you will just from a drop-down. So I, I I wanted to create or help create a combination of the two. We needed to fill out all the drop-downs, all the boxes we could possibly fill out in our CAD and RMS that were applicable, but we also needed a way uh, to have uh, better narrative reports, more complete narrative reports, and then, of course, an ultimate way to, to search those so I could pull in that analysis picture. And I found out very, very quickly that not only were we not set up for that, and, and no slight on us, when we, you know, came – when we first – Tied on with our CAD and RMS, nobody thought we were creating an analysis division ever, right? right? Uh, and and so, how do you do that? Plus bad data, twenty some years of, you know, uh, oh we got out of the habit of filling that out, and so we don't do that anymore, and 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 we don't necessarily get the time down very well, and that's eh, okay, it's close enough, and and when a call comes in at the station. Oh, I guess we just always forget to put the actual address of where the occurrence was. We just leave it as a station. That's fine. That's fine. Well, I found out very quickly, hey, I was doing a lot of that myself as, a, as, a, as an officer and a detective because that's just the way we did it. But I found out very quickly that that, that is the death of an analysis division, uh, poor data, uh, relying on poor data, uh is 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 literally the death of analysis division i tell I tell folks all the time and i 've been so bold in classes to say because i I teach some intro analysis classes and I tell people the first step is to clean up as best you possibly can your data practices your bad data your your kind of you know being a little slack here and there we all we all fall into that you know pattern of well we're just not going to do that anymore. Right. The first step is to clean that up. And and I've I've been so bold as to stand in front of some some chiefs at the some largest departments you can imagine and literally said if you don't want to take this first step then do us all a favor and skip the whole analysis thing. Because you're going to be pulling stats, sure. But the stats are going to be wrong. Right. So any decisions you make upon that data is instantly fallible. So just just if you don't want to, just just don't. Just move along the way you're doing <laughs> and, and and don't do it. What I tell people all the time who are getting into analysis is it's literally all in or all out. you can't just do a little bit of analysis and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. No, to do it and do it properly, it's a it's a full time, fully immersive experience.
0: I always think of the analogy of uh, a well, right? You you have dirty water, you're gonna get dirty water. If you want clean water, you have to put in, mm-hmm. you know, they have that clean water in there. Yeah, you know, the data is only yeah, you're as good right. as, it could, as it goes in.
1: Yeah, and I'll go so far with your well analogy as to say, if if you can't clean up the dirty water in that particular well then unfortunately maybe you can't take the shortcut of filtering the water maybe you have to drill a new well very true um and and that that is difficult because one of the things i'm sure we'll get into this later but one of the things that 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 disheartens me for my fellow analysts is, is a couple of things one is so many times, not not all the time, but so many times I see uh, not a real full buy-in from um, from command staff sometimes, uh, and 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 a lot of that is on the analyst because if you're starting this new command staff, may have a misconception of what analysis is. They may think that analysis is, hey, you were really good at pulling the numbers in the records division, so you're our analyst. Congratulations. Right. Well. That's a part, but it's much, much deeper. So you have to invest in that analyst with training, education, uh the tools they need to do what they need to do. And and so many times I see folks that 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 just don't really understand or grasp that yet. And then they turn around to their analyst and they say, Well, why doesn't this look right? Or why why aren't these numbers right? Or I'll sit in a command staff meeting and hear Hear, hear a commander say well that's not what I came up with and I've spoken to the analyst and they're literally pulling what they have um, and 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 it's a disconnect there really needs to be a full buy-in from the command staff if you are starting or frankly if you're revamping an analysis division <clears throat> to do it and do it in its completeness if you will I realize right. that's not a word but you know it in, in in the in the totality of what this really means. And and the benefits are fantastic if you do it
0: right. Yeah, you know, I was surprised to learn that some departments don't even have a job description for a what a crime analyst mm. is, right? That's the most basic of things. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you'd be even more surprised to realize that many states that I deal with don't have anywhere in the state, a crime analyst certification or even basic crime analysis classes at their post. Uh, so I have analysts call me a lot. I want to get trained. What, where, where can I go? I, I, I have, there's nowhere for me to go. I mean, I want to get better at this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as a matter of fact, uh, as, as a shout-out to your uh, friends in, in, in Florida, mm-hmm. Uh, I was working with a crime analyst in um, the Midwest, and there was literally nothing in her entire state, and she was hungry for it. Right. And so I, I hooked her up with uh, the association down in Florida and, you know, and said, listen, they're starting a, uh, a certification program, and if that's the closest you can get, the great folks get on down there. And I've got no problem sending people around to get what they need to get, um, and she's eager to do it. And and I think she'll do a very good job because she has that go-getter attitude.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times it's um, up to the person, go get their own Mm. training, right? We probably should not wait for somebody to send us someplace.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I was, I was probably in a non-typical position than most of your analysts that, that are listening to this because I, I came from that law enforcement background. I'd been at the department a while. I was a detective. I was, you know, on and on and on. And so I felt, I don't know, I, I felt the ability was there for me to speak my mind, to get in front of the command staff and say, hey, look, here, here's, here's where we are. Here's where we need to be. Here's what I need to get in between those two and to continually drive that every meeting. I'll tell you a, a, a funny story. One of my first command staff meetings, and and uh, well, that I ran um, because I started taking that over as the analyst to make sure that we had some some real strategic feedback. And um, uh, I actually brought up a, a nice little map, and I, I got them all excited. I said, you know, I'm going to show you the most dangerous place in the city, and I'll bet a hundred dollars to anybody in here that none of you know what it is. And I got a lot of scoffing. I mean, there was guys, and they've been there almost 30 years, right, longer than I had. Right. And and uh, and then I showed them the map. Where do you think that spot was, Oscar? Where do you think the most dangerous place in the city was?
0: Well, I'm going to guess it was in front of the police station.
1: It was the police department. Exactly. And they went, oh, see? see, this is wrong. This this can't possibly be right. This is just totally <laughs> wrong. And I went and showed them the data. And, of course, what the data showed was that we, we had a lot of people that came to the department to make complaints or file reports yeah. or just get all this done, and we never fixed that address. And I said, now, let me ask you, if you want me to now turn around and tell you by zone, beat, district, council, district, school, zone, neighborhood, all this, you want me to break all this data down and show you where you need to be in the city, then here's what I need from you. And that was a real turning point. You could see the the switch flip, like, oh, huh. And then I backed it up by saying, and chief, I don't want to send you into the next city council meeting with stats like this that show that the police department's the most dangerous place in the city. Number one, it's, it's, it's laughable. And number two, it shows, unfortunately, we don't have our data right. And, and I w- I'm not throwing us under the bus. I'm using it as an example. It's much, much, much better now. Um, that, that analysis division is now in its uh, third leader. It's going strong. They've got their ducks in a row. I was just there a couple of weeks ago just checking in and helping out as best I can and and um but, but that's a learning experience that we need to share. sometimes we need to, as analysts or as, as cops in general, a lot of times we need to share our failures right. with others so that they don't run into that uh, we, we should We should protect each other and lift each other up to care enough to say, "Hey, you know what? I really messed this up and regardless of the reason, didn't know why, was too bullheaded to ask for help, whatever. I really messed this up. Don't you mess this up. Let me help you out. And we should be more willing to do
0: that for All each right. other. Well, well, with that in mind, what would be the one thing you wish you had known when you first started?
1: <sighs> I wish I would known where to get training quicker. Um, I wish I had... Known as a detective or as an officer, um, anything about crime analysis. Well, you know what is it? What's it do? Um, and and that's on me. Um, I I I think a lot of our post academies should speak more about crime analysis, and and they are now. I'm seeing more and more basic classes of it. It's not hit much. Um, but, but I wish I had more of a background or at least a a basic knowledge of what I was doing. I mean, I I completely felt like, I I felt like a toddler uh, behind the wheel of a car for quite a while because, yeah, I was, I had my booster seat and I could see above the steering wheel, but I couldn't quite reach the pedals and really didn't know what all these, Buttons in the dashboard did, but uh, I sure was trying to make it look like I knew, right? You you don't want to look like you're failing, brand new something. Um, and, you know, I, I probably didn't get into the training as quickly as I could have had I been more dialed in in the beginning. The other thing I wish I knew was anybody around me who was doing it. Um, I did reach out to my friends that you know, Haida and DEA, but they were. That's a different. That's a different kind of analysis. Right. They're not so much into the, the the numbers and what patrol's going to do today. Obviously, they're not dealing with that. But I just I wasn't dialed into that, Oscar, and it was a different world for me. And it took me some time, to really get my feet under me. A, a good amount of time.
0: Yeah, and I think um, what you're referring to with the Haida is the they weren't to the intelligence analysis, right? Not, they're not mm-hmm. looking so much that's at crime.
1: Right, right. More intelligence. And uh, Marshall's the same. Uh, did a lot of people searching and intelligence analysis on people. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit different than some, though. I mean, I know I've, I've worked with some agencies that have uh, crime analysts and intel analysts. Um, I, that's great. That's fine if you've got enough people. I'm a big one though in those folks who work together, not separately. Um, they are two halves of the same coin for myself. I mean, if you got your crime analysts out there going, well, we've got a burglary series in this area. Here are the numbers. Here's the MO. Uh, oh look, uh, it looks like it. You know, ten out of the fifteen reports are this white van. Whatever. That's great, but now work with the intel analysts to see if they have any intel on who might be driving that van or what they're also working on uh, a lot of times i go into agencies and those two divisions are so separate that they're not really sure what's going on with each other i give the analogy all the time um i refer to it as right hand left hand syndrome i'm sure many people have heard that term before but i i sat right across when i was a detective i sat right across from a uh, uh, another detective, obviously, and he and I would go out at least once a week uh, looking for um, suspects or witnesses or trying to find somebody we had a warrant on, things like that. We would just we would take the day, and we would try to clear some cases by doing that. And nine times out of ten, uh, we would open, you know, who goes first today? Oh, Steve, you go first. Let me see your case folder. And I'd open it up, and I'd start laughing because we 're working the same person, okay. but we sat across from each other, and we didn't know it now if if I sat close enough that I could spill my coffee on him, and we didn't know that when we start to separate out divisions into different areas or different buildings or different and we don't work together every day how how much further separate can those divisions become so i'm I'm a big proponent in very regular cadence meetings uh, with crime and Intel. and now that I work with real-time crime centers, uh, I, I want that crime center to work with their Intel and crime analysis as well because crime you know crime centers are, are, are really Intel divisions. They really are. They're, they're using the Intel to, to have actionable usage today. So Intel brings them the information, this is a hot area today, here's what we're looking for, maybe it's a person, maybe it's a car, maybe it's whatever, and we need you to monitor this area today. They're the actionable arm, many times, of crime and intel. Patrol is as well, but patrol is answering calls. It's hard to be completely proactive, whereas a real-time crime center, that's the definition, real time. I made the joke with an agency I was traveling last week, as I am today, um and i made the joke with an agency last week i said we well, are calling it a real-time crime center right captain and he says, yeah why and i said well because you, what you're describing is an after crime crime center and he just laughed he got it you know and but it's hard for us oscar to to break that mold to realize oh wait a minute there's a new way to do these things right um you know as, as cops were always taught not to be routine seekers but yet we are for safety, right? right? We have a routine every day. Sure. And, 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 and being in an intel or crime analysis, I- any type of that causes you to be that person who breaks those molds, who looks for those new ways to do it. And maybe that's one thing that gave me a bit of a leg up coming from detectives, because obviously I was doing that every day. I've got to look at every case differently because every suspect is is a different is a different case every time this person did something slightly different or 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 these these victims were were slightly different that caused that you're always looking for those anomalies and that probably helped me a good bit when i slid over into analysis
0: well i came over from narcotics after seven years of that Mm -hmm. so i was used to the intelligence aspect as you know of of you know, tracking these narcotics and drug dealers and all of that. So going into crime analysis was almost the opposite of what most people go through because I still had that intelligence analysis head on. You know what I mean? So right. Having to make that. And it gap, helps. It, it make, yeah, make, make the, the gap a lot smaller mm-hmm. when you have that situation going for you.
1: Yeah, it helps a lot. And, and I'll tell you one, one thing, too. You know, in, in my department, as many departments, um, you know, you, you've got your rookies coming through and they've got their field training, and, and we would rotate our rookies through, you know, uh, you know, a week on this shift, a week on that shift, a day, with, uh, or, a day or two with um, uh, evidence, and, and a day or two over here. With, we wanted them to be able to see a little bit of what everybody did to get that idea. Well, we institute that very quickly in analysis because I wanted them to understand not necessarily how to do the job. My point was to educate them on what am I looking for as an analyst from you, the cop? How can your report be better to help my reports be more informative? Um, And and I really push upon analysts to do that. I said, you know, uh, pitch that, put that out there. They're going around to everybody else. They're getting the tour. They need to get the tour from you and make just a quick sheet. Just make a real quick sheet. Say, hey, if I could get five things, four things, three things, however many you think you'll, the, that, they can, that they could just take with them and just hold tight, here's what I need from you as a new officer. It, it will take time for everybody to fully accept this new thing, right? But the more and more and more you do that, it becomes normalized. This is the way we do business now. Then it's not so weird anymore. It's not so, I don't know what they're doing up there, but, you know, they they get mad when I don't fill out my report, that's (laughs) for sure. No, over time it becomes normalized and then it's, oh, okay, this is, oh, yeah, you've got to fill that in because they need that for this. It's the understanding of why we do what we do and why they should do what they need to do for the betterment of the department, right? Right.
0: Well, would you say that you get that buy-in from the what I call the front line easier than when you mm-hmm. do from the administration side?
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think a lot of times that's exactly right. Um, and and the reason being is because the the front line sees your output every day. The front line grasps that uh, you know. Hey, here here's an area you need to extra patrol tonight because you're looking for this burglary suspect, and they are driving this. Keep an eye out. Um, one thing I did was I got a couple of our road sergeants who were, were friends of mine from way back and I knew would support me. And I wasn't just doing it for them, but I, 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 I put some extra focus on them because I said, hey, look, send your guys out to do this tonight, right here. S- send the troops out for this, right? Um, and I had one that would actually say, hey, whoever finds this person first, you know, I, I'll, I'll buy them lunch. and Because as cops, we like competition right we do we're we're competitive people uh we want to win uh we want to you know we we just we just like that friendly competition and what i found was sure enough those shifts were starting to make arrests those shifts were being proactive in areas and even if they didn't make an arrest i would see a drop in that area now obviously we won't get into dispersion and displacement pushing the crime elsewhere but but i mean there's a there's a whole topic there on is that a win or not. Right. But nonetheless, for that evening, it was a win, right? And, and then, sure enough, guess what? Comes time for command staff meeting, and that lieutenant who's over that sergeant was extremely proud to say that his shift caught that person or his shift saw a drop in these burglaries. And then everybody starts going, well, how'd you do that? Um, and after the meeting, obviously, because <laughs> they wanted to look good the next time. Right. How would you do that? How would you find that guy? Oh, yeah, DJ up there in crime analysis helped us out, man. Yeah, you, you let him know, man. He, he'll dig into stuff and, and tell you tell your folks where to extra patrol tonight, give you something to look for, even suspects, things like that. And guess what? I started having people darken my door. Hey, can you help me tonight? Yeah, sure. Here's your report. Oh, great. Fantastic. Let me know what you find. I'll, I'll give you another one tomorrow. And over time, as the successes started rolling in, you started getting that buy-in. But, yes, for, for my point of view, true intel, right, the true intel of it, the, bo- the buy-in was quicker with patrol. Mm-hmm. The numbers of it, the rise, the fall, the percentages, the, all that kind of stuff, uh, that, that was easy with command staff, because they're looking for that anyway. But the true, full nature of an intel division that buy-in was with patrol and actually went upstream, not down.
0: Sometimes, you know, getting the administration to to get on the same page could be a little mm-hmm. tricky, right? Because they, they're looking at a different set of goals than what the frontline guide is looking for. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they are. They're, they're looking for the numbers to, quote-unquote, be right? Um, and, and of course that's a double-edged sword right there. Uh, you know, the right analyst with the right education can either, uh, you know, (laughs) I tell chiefs all the time, I, uh, I say, look, and listen, chief, you, you give me your data and about 10 minutes, I'll give you two reports on the same data, same Mm -hmm. data. One of them is going to get you fired. (laughs) The other one is going to get your contract renewed for the next hundred years. And they're like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Listen, it's it, it's it's all in the way you analyze the data." And I'm not talking about tricky data here. I've seen tricky data. Right. What I'm talking about is the difference between uh, you know being able to trend, you know, mapping trend heat trend uh, a, a spot in the proper manner, so that it looks so that it is tactical. I mean, I've seen too many people go, "Well, here's my trend map." over the city and it looks like you, you busted a red pin and you threw red all over the city. But what they didn't realize is you gotta you gotta you gotta dial that down. Right. You got you gotta get that more strategically tactical. Because one, it's not inaccurate. It's your settings. And so here here it is and now it looks horrible. But not only does that look bad, but it also doesn't help patrol because you can't give uh, a shift and, you know, 6, 8, 9, 10 square miles to patrol and focus on tonight. they got too many calls for service. You've you got to give them tactically specific areas. So if, you, if you're able to give the data in something that can be actionable tonight, then those wins, right, in that area, in this area, in that area, then the next night we're winning in this area, in this area, in this area. Those, you know... It, it, it's you know military analogy from my military friends. You know you you, you win a hundred battles before you win the war, uh, and and that's what we're talking about here. Is that it's the little battles every night. Um, you know it it gets your officers excited, gets your command staff happy, um, and it gives validation to your division. Um, you know. Don't go too overarching. Find that really hot spot and focus on it. Or find those three and focus on those. And and the, the most prolific areas, the most repeated areas. Make a difference there first. Make a splash. People will notice. Uh, and and that gives a lot of credence to your division.
0: Right. Well, you know, that what you're talking about could be uh, very frustrating for someone who May um, get the job and they just get put in front of a computer and say, "Here you mm-hmm. go, you know, uh, go at it." And that's what happens a lot right. of, uh, many times yeah, with it, crime an- analysts, right?
1: Yeah, that, and you find out very quickly once you get this crime analysis job, and uh, you know, now many many years after I began it, there's more understanding of what that is, Intel or crime analysis, uh, and you're like, "Oh, this is going to be great." And then you get in the seat and you find out, well, really what they meant was somebody who can tell them how many burglaries we had last week. And was that up or down from the week before? And was that up or down from the week before that? And I I tell people all the time, that's not analysis. That's data aggregation. And data and analysis are not the same. And, And so I see a lot of people who want to be analysts, who thought they were analysts, right, put in a position of, oh, just give me the numbers. Okay, thanks, bye, have a nice day. Oh, do I want you to dig into something? No, not really. No, just give me the numbers. And, and then they, they lose the fire for the job before they even start. Um, but again, it goes back to that education, Oscar. What are you really asking for? It goes back to what you said on the description of what is this job? What will it entail? What do we expect? What are, the, what are some of the sample reports we expect you would put out? Who, do you, who are you going to work with? Where do your reports go? Things like that, that that is very, very rarely set forth before people start a division like this.
0: Don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, other analysts are so ready Never. to help you anytime. Anytime, yeah. I, I experienced that myself. Yeah.
1: Never be afraid.
0: Yeah, and 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 you know, uh,
1: <laughs> it, it's it's so funny you say that um, because I I just finished my latest podcast. Matter of fact, we we're speaking before it even came out, but I'll go ahead and say it. And it's it's literally on that topic. Um, you cannot be afraid to ask for help, and on the flip side, we can't be afraid or so righteously indignant not to offer our help mm-hmm. to each other um, and, and, and you know whether whether cops are, 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 are too proud to ask or new analysts who are non-certified or too scared to ask or throw all those excuses out and understand we can learn a little or a lot from everybody everybody has something to offer um, and, you know, I, I speak a lot of one of the things that I learned from very quickly. Uh, there, there's an officer; she's she's still there, my department. She's close to retirement now, um, but she always had this little. We always called it her little black book, and it wasn't a it wasn't a book, uh, you know, uh, of of secrets. It was she was a real community-based kind of officer. She liked to know the people she was policing. Uh, but at the same time in a nice way you know she was a very she she had the trust of the public but also if she arrested somebody uh she she you know, she had a note of that like any officer does in her records and things but then over time she knew who that person's father was oh that's that's, that's Bob's boy you know and 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 who the grandmother was and she knew she cuz she knew them cuz of the family and, and you found out very quickly you could say, well, hey, hey, Julie, yo, I'm looking for this witness, and, and I, I don't know the witness's name, but I, I hear they live over in this neighborhood, and somebody said that their grandmother's name is, boom. Give her five minutes, and she'd pull it out of that book, which is amazing. And, and as soon as I got, we always knew that as detectives. If we didn't know, we'd probably go ask Julie. She might know in her book there. Um, But as soon as I was an analyst, I went straight down. That's probably the first person I connected with. Hey, Julie, (laughs) what can you tell me about your book? Can, you know, as I'm doing this, can I, absolutely, anytime you need help, let me know. If you need me to go find somebody and and see if I'll find that out for you, you know, knew who to rely upon quickly. Uh, Because I also knew I needed to have very quick and positive results. For buy-in to occur,
0: yeah, I think we all need a Julie in our agency.
1: Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I, I told her the, I told her about about a month ago when I was speaking to her, um, that it's going to be a sad day when she retires. Happy for her, sad for the department because I don't know that a lot of that goes on anymore, you know. Um, and and she would be sorely missed. Uh, she's still there, and she's in detectives now, as a matter of fact, which is great. Uh, but, yeah, we all need a Julie or about 100 of them, people who care enough to know their community. And I, I know I work with some very, very, very large cities, Oscar. But if you break the city down into your purview, you know, where you patrol, I, I still think there's the ability uh, and should be the goal of officers and shift commanders to to know the businesses, uh, know the the public know the schools, know the parks, uh, you know, we all know that some of the best officers are the quiet ones who have been there a good long time. And the reason being is because they know what's, what's, what's out of the norm. They can, they can drive around their city for the first 30 minutes of their shift and know if something is off. And, and that's not anything that you can replace with schooling. That's nothing you can replace with, uh, you know, 10,000 rookies. That's something they have to learn over time, but we can learn that from each other. We can learn how to pull that kind of information, how to understand how to have our, uh, you know, our ear to the train tracks, right? Sure.
0: No, te- technology is only going to take you so far. And, uh, it reminds me of a, a, a... An episode of in your podcast not too long ago that I was listening to, you were talking about uh, cameras and uh, how a camera will mm-hmm, not be able mm-hmm. to detect uh, somebody that is about to run, for example, right? That you depend on that experience right. of the officer to realize, you know, this, I got, this guy is ready to take off on me. I got to do something here.
1: That's right. That's all body language, right? That's all, and, you know, uh, I... <laughs> I remember. I'm sure you can remember too. Uh, first couple times I had somebody run on me, and it, as a rookie, and it surprised me. Where'd right. that come from? And, and, and then you learn very quickly. You know, as you're approaching somebody to speak to them, uh, you, you're looking at their feet. You're looking at their shoulders. It, it, it's a lot like a football analogy. You know, uh, you, you 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 watch the. You watch hips. You watch shoulders. You watch the feet. Which way are they pointing? Are they turning away from you? Are they? It's that whole understanding of uh, of, of the human condition, right? That that you just can't pick up day one. Um, and again, I think that's that's one of the things that helped me a lot when I became an analyst was I had already done the job of policing for so long that a lot of that was innate to me. You know, interviews and interrogations and and narcotics myself and detectives and all of that where I kind of had an idea when I read that report, oh, wait a minute, that report seems like this one, and I think they're headed in this direction because I know the city well enough to know that they've been hitting these types of businesses and the next business like that is over here, which... There's no way you're going to get that day one. But, but there are people in the department, if you're a civilian analyst listening to us right now, there's people in the department that will be happy to help you. You may have to ask a few ahead of time because some of them might be grumpy, right? right? <laughs> we all have grumpy guys and grumpy gals working for us. But, but ask. Somebody's going to be there to help you out. Put something together that says, here's what I found. What do you see in here? With your road experience, what do you see that I'm not seeing? And and somebody's going to go, oh, oh, well, I, I, I bet that's uh, first bank in Maine. What do you mean? Well, you see, and they're going to go into this story about why they believe that, but you're going to find that there is validity in that and can help you on. And over time, you'll get better and better and better at that.
0: Probably a good argument for building up those relationships right between an analyst and the frontline people because you, you can oh, get yes. the job done. Yes,
1: extremely important. And, and, and to me, more important, and I know this is going to be blasphemous, but to me, more important than an analyst and command staff is the analyst and the frontline. Now, now, I'm not saying to not have a relationship with the command staff, but if you had to pick one to cultivate more in the beginning It's the first line. Uh, They're the ones that will action your report. They're the ones that will make it happen. Uh, I've not met too many departments where the chief or assistant chief or a major or a colonel or a captain are going to go out and make your report actionable themselves. It's the front line that will do that. That's their job. Uh, So make those good, solid relationships there
0: first. So let's say... You know, a brand new analyst comes to you, catches you mm-hmm. in one of your conferences or something and says, hey, DJ, I just I just got this job. What is the number one advice you can give me that is going to maybe a great analyst?
1: Um, I've actually had questions like that before. Um, and, and my number one advice to them, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but I'll go a little deeper this time, is never stop learning and training. Never. Uh, even, even if you become a certified crime analyst, right? You got the crown, you got the badge, you got the whole nine yards, right? You're ready to go. Da, da, da. Um, you're not done. You're not done. Always look for new and better and innovative ways to look at your data to create analysis, to look at your crimes, to understand human behavior. We can always get better. Uh, we we and I, But I give that advice to detectives and SWAT, pe- SWAT folks, too. I mean, we're never done, Oscar. We're ne- I'm not done. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly learning from others. I, 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 I'm constantly looking at data for agencies and challenging myself to not get in a rut. Well, you were at that agency last week, and uh, you did it that way. So that would just be quicker. Just, just, just shoot it out like that. No, look at it, look at it different every single time. Try to look at it with a different pair of eyes and say, well, I did that last time and it was successful, so I'm not going to discount that, but I wonder if I could add something to that. You know, I read this article the other day and I think I'm going to try some of that. Never be afraid to learn. That's the most important thing.
0: Fantastic. Um, I'll take that advice any day of the week. Anything else you'd like to uh, to people to know about crime analysis in general
1: it' It's ever evolving. It is such a moving target. Um, you know we we hear about uh, new innovations uh, and then we then we find out, well, you know maybe maybe that one's not good because the the public isn't cool with cameras or the public isn't cool with uh, whatever innovation it may be, right uh and, and a lot of times we can become downtrodden social media analysis is a big one we, we we you know that's a big one for for analysts detectives people like that you know and 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 you know then all of a sudden it was well no you you can't look at people's data and then people thought well i guess that's out well is it or is there a different way to look at the same data but in a way that's different than you were doing it before, right? Might not be so automated, might not be so easy, um, but it's more of a, a, a detective's drill down. And that's just, that's just one example. But, but be undaunted. Be hard to get down, if that makes sense. Don't let somebody go, well, I don't use that because I don't need to. And and I'll tell you, uh, this, this has been as a matter of fact, it's it's on my background and my laptop right now and has been uh since I started my analysis division. Um I'm really big into those uh you ever seen those demotivational posters? Not the motivational posters, <laughs> but the others, ahead, right? Yeah. Um th- they they look like motivational posters, beautiful pictures, you know, oh, it's a pretty galloping horse and all this kind of stuff. Well, there's this one that I found, and, and this happened right after I got the, or was asked to create this division. And there's this one, folks can go online and find it. It's a, it's a matador, somebody fighting a bull, um, and he's getting the wrong end of the bull, if you follow me. But, it, but it's a beautiful photo. You have to look at it for a minute to realize that the bull is winning. Uh, and and, it's, <laughs> and it says across the top, tradition, just because we've always done it this way does not mean that it's not incredibly stupid. <laughs> and that's a smack in the face. You, you know what I did, Oscar? I printed that out, blew it up to the size of my door, and I stuck it on my door. My door was right across from the cheese store. And I remember... Uh, first week he knocks on my door and he points at it he goes really and I said hey you started this and, and and we laughed back and forth about it I left that up there a year but then I found another one that's been on my desktop since then and is still on my desktop now uh, and I put it in presentations I am not shy for every agency I work with to see it on my computer uh, and and it, says, it says the worst phrase in the English language is because we've always done it this way. And, 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 and as a message to your, your new analysts or even your existing analysts that are listening, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to hear that phrase more than you care to hear it. That's not the way we've always done it. Or I didn't need that when I was coming up. Or uh, we, that, We've always done it this way, so just keep it that way. You're going to hear that over and over and over again. Use that as a mantra. Use it as your marching orders. Use it as your energy to destroy that statement. Prove that wrong. It's true. You didn't use that back in the day. You know what? You didn't know it existed. But look. Look how much better this is. Look at the results. And you're not always going to get it right but learn from that and keep moving forward. And I I tell people that all the time. If you walk into an agency and even an analyst that you're maybe replacing, you know, uh, or uh, the division was around a while, then went away, and now it's back again, and they want you to fit, and and you're going to get people to go, well, uh, Sally used to do it this way, so we'd like you to do it that way. Take some of the good things that were we're pieced out of that. Fantastic. But do not be afraid to put your own brand on it. We should always breathe new life into everything we're doing uh, because that is what keeps us fresh. That's what keeps us on the edge. uh, And that's where we need to live as intel analysts, crime analysts, or law enforcement in general. We should always be striving for fresh, new, and innovative ways to help keep our communities safer.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's fantastic advice. I'm going to encourage people to go listen to your, uh, you have your own podcast, Off The Beat Podcast. If somebody's not listening to that, they probably should be listening to it.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, I I just literally wanted a place where like, like yours here right that we could have a conversation uh, and and talk about some some real topics you know and 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 as you've heard and I would encourage you to do the same uh, some of the topics are are extremely educational I think uh, and and some of them are slightly controversial you know but but that's that's how we open up this dialogue and just be real with ourselves and our communities and i appreciate you starting this one i mean we need more and more and more of this uh but yeah invite people to come over and listen um and glad glad to have them do
0: so if anybody wants to get in in touch with you is there a way that they can do that
1: yeah so obviously uh the podcast uh is is off the beat uh it's on any place you could possibly listen to a podcast now. Um, So off the beat. The other way is um, I'm I'm pretty active on a Twitter handle called for off the beat. Uh, And you can hit me up there at DJ underscore off the beat. Uh, And and we do some chat back and forth. And of course I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and, And I like to hear from, as you will too, Oscar, I know, like to hear from our listeners. Uh, You know, I I take a lot of my topics from listeners, uh, and sometimes I take topics from listeners who have a counterpoint. I love counterpoint. That's how we learn, right? Um, And so, I want to hear that. Uh, And and so, we we have a good time, uh, and I hope more and more and more of our folks will join in with these podcasts, as well as start their own communities. Um, This this is, um, this is, for us to speak from a very frank point of view and just be really truthful with each other listen what what we're doing here is not easy oscar as you know um and and it cannot be understated uh how much though uh information is out there for us to learn from each other
0: that's true it's true well dj uh thank you again for taking the time i know you're traveling in california today i understand so I appreciate you taking the time to, to <laughs> it, spend an hour here with us.
1: I'm I'm glad to do it Oscar anytime. Thank you for having me on and uh I, I wish you the best with this. I I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh listening into every episode.
0: Good great. Thank you much.